This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Gina Perro. Gina is a leading light. She encourages others to shine who they are from the inside out. Gina effortlessly uncovers individuals' unique gifts and creates a plan with precise steps to live their fullest life. Gina's ability to intuitively see and hear others on a deep level produces quick and efficient results. She immediately is able to design an action plan to bring them closer to the life they want to choose. As one of her clients perfectly summed up, I've learned more about myself in one hour than with anyone else. Gina has a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the University of Buffalo and a certification in life coaching from Leadership That Works and her very own podcast show called The Gina Perro Show, Living Full Out. She has traveled the world coaching world champion dancers and bringing her dance and speaking gifts to a worldwide audience. A Radio City Rockette for three consecutive years, a cover model for Holistic Fashionista magazine, and a co-creator of a runway fashion line for Cirque du Soleil, Gina uses all of her gifts to touch the hearts of every person on and off the stage. In addition to her professional experiences, family and faith are at the center of her life while having her own fashion collection living in Vegas and continuing her education and self-development on a regular basis. I'm so grateful to be joined by Gina today and her podcast and her show and her friendship with me has definitely served as an inspiration for starting the podcast that I now have. Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you for the invitation and it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. I would love to start talking about your early years and when you began dancing. So when did you begin dancing and where did you start dancing? I grew up in a small town called Batavia, New York, and it's in the middle of Buffalo and Rochester, New York. My parents had enrolled me in dance class due to me being a little shy and maybe not wanting to walk into the classroom. And I fell in love with it because the stage allowed me to be myself. Mm -hmm. It really allowed me to be free of anything I felt that was discomforting off the stage. And from there, I began my journey. My mom and dad drove me 45 minutes to a studio outside of Batavia when my talent started to expand and then I found another studio where I was able to expand even more in who I was as an artist and then went to college and received my BFA from the University of Buffalo. In the process of your journey as a dancer, were there any health challenges that you had to overcome? The first health challenge was my spine. I had an S curvature of the spine, which is labeled scoliosis. Mm-hmm. And that led me to have many imbalances in my body. 
which led me to feel discomfort in certain positions. First position ballet felt uncomfortable for me because my right hip sat uh, almost two inches, two and a half higher than my left. Mm -hmm. Things like, you know, right arabesque. Um, So it was a physical challenge that in the end allowed me to really expand more levels of my being. Right. And I can relate to that as well. Having had a hip surgery early in my dance career, I had a hip surgery when I was about three and a half and my spine was actually out of alignment for most of my life. And I didn't really realize that until I was much older and getting into my yoga practice and noticing that my L5 was like really, really out of place. And so grateful to have a wonderful chiropractor who's done awesome work with me. But I do think that those sometimes those injuries, whether it's, you know, I know common ones for dancers or the hip flexors and the ACL and the hamstrings and really taking care of our psoas muscles and doing different yoga exercises, I feel like is really, really beneficial. And hips and knees, ankles, all really important for dancers. And sometimes when we do get injured, we learn those physical therapy exercises that can help us get even stronger. So at the age of 16, you met a really compassionate dance teacher who gave you some great tools and principles in regards to alignment. Who was she and how did that insight ensure the quality and longevity of your dance career? Yes, I'm sending love to her right now in Texas. That's where she lives currently. Her name is Kayla Marilyn Allen. And I also want to extend that same love out to Lisa Geritano, now Lisa Elaine. I trained at Little Red Dancing School when I started at 16. I I shifted another dance studio. Miss Kayla Marilyn Allen, she was the first dance teacher to help me understand my body, the way that my body moved, the way that my bone structure was given to me, the way that I can express dance. She helped me trust and know that the body I have and the body that I was given is capable of anything. And it doesn't have to be like anybody else's. And she led me to understanding alignment, not just in physical alignment, you know, thumb line, shoulder over hip, over Mm -hmm. ankle, but alignment in my mind, body, and spirit. And she walked me slowly through this process of self-love because At age 16, Victoria, I was not able to balance in second position turned out in releve. And my teacher, Miss Lisa, would stand behind me and hold me up because all the other girls were able to do so. Mm -hmm. I had to learn symmetry in a way that might have been different for other people because my right leg was shorter and my right shoulder was higher, and my right page protruded outward. So there was nobody I could look to even in my classes because nobody had the same body as me. Mm-hmm. And both of these teachers instilled a sense of empowerment and gratitude and appreciation and knowledge and wisdom into my body as a dancer. 
which then led my passion for dance to really touch not just myself, but the audience. Mm -hmm. Because on the stage, for me, that is my connection to source. That is my connection to spirit. And the physical misalignments were just ways for me in which I was able to carry through that gift. Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize enough the value of teaching young dancers about their individual bodies Mm -hmm. and their individual alignment and what is alignment for them individually because every single person's body is different Mm -hmm. and every single person is thinking different things and every single person is affected by different things. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you had that person come into your life because now you are able to help so many young women through Velocity Convention, which you work with, and through your coaching, and hear stories of people being touched in a positive way by people when they're younger, that it really does change the trajectory of their life in a positive way, and it creates those small changes. And I feel like as instructors, you and I, you know, we're in that position where we can use that to our advantage and really help people and our young students and young women. How do you suggest that dancers can maybe shift their mindsets to not only enjoy their dance careers more, but also use dance as an outlet for their struggle? Because a lot of the dancers that I work with are in their teen years now, or they're going into, you know, they're going through puberty, they're going through, you know, a lot of changes, and it can be a really difficult time in our lives. But I feel like, and you can probably relate to this as well, like dance is just such a wonderful outlet when used um, in a very healing way to be an outlet of self-expression an outlet for any of the angst or pain or anxiety that we're going through how do you suggest that dancers use dance as an outlet for that energy there's a component to dance that in its nature of what dance was derived from and is derived from there is an essence of freedom There is an essence of love, an essence of expansion. The art form is designed to free us from energy that is suppressed inside the body. There is a way in which we move symmetrically, especially in the ballet design, Mm -hmm. that enhances our brain activity. Mm -hmm. It allows both sides of the body to be working. I mean, movement is the essence of life. Can it be an outlet? Absolutely. However, that outlet can also be confused with external and instant gratification, Victoria. Mm -hmm. And what we're experiencing in the teenage generation right now is instant gratification. Totally. And... Dance is now being used to instantly gratify somebody versus teaching them how to express different parts of them using the genres in which we were given. Jazz, tap, ballet, hip-hop, modern, musical theater. The demand on the teenagers right now is perfection, It is how many likes can you get on your solo? It is who can you bring in to choreograph 
a number on you that's going to win. When I was training, the focus was what can we teach Gina and her fellow friends to live a full life through the expression of dance? Yes. So for these teenagers right now, they need the awareness that they are looking and in need of instant gratification. And when that instant gratification isn't there, they are completely in an energy of darkness and jealousy and envy and confusion and fear. And comparison as well, right? Because that's the energy of fear. Yeah. That is the energy that they're sitting in. And so if I were to suggest anything to your audience, to anyone, especially parents and teenagers, it's be aware of what dance is really giving you Mm -hmm. and filling in you. And is it an external or internal gratification? Because what happens is when you're you're being a performer and you're in front of people all the time and people are applauding you, when that goes away, it's those moments inside your home when you're alone and you're not getting that applause. Or it's those moments where you're driving somewhere that that energy starts to overtake you. Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking you need to be better, perform better, change the way you look. And, and this, this sits in our industry. It sits in any industry in which you are a live performer, getting that fill from many, many people. Right. Absolutely. So the outlet of dance is free dance because there are no restrictions I'm not telling you how to move. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you just to be you and move the way in which you choose. Yes. Like improvisation. Exactly. So improvisation, learning a combination and then doing it over and over so you can, you know, know the choreography, but then feel like you can express it. Yes, absolutely. And being given movements that that individual's body needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Not what the choreographer wants. Right. That individual's body needs. We are seeing an increase in injuries. Yeah. Badly in our industry. Mm-hmm. We are seeing an increase in self-sabotage. We are seeing a decrease in art form and self-love and self-esteem and confidence. In regards to the injuries, I do have to say there's been a lot of pressure put on girls to be working on their oversplits and doing a lot of really, really intense things with their spines, like really, really deep back bends and just really maybe not being as conscious with the movement and the stretching that they're doing and not realizing how that might be creating misalignment in their bodies if they're overusing one side of their body. And it might be training their muscles or their bone structure to literally form differently. And I think like 
Ballet is so important in the sense that it does help us hold our posture, especially like our rib cage and rolling the shoulders down and back and lifting the chest, closing the rib cage, tucking the hips under, all that type of stuff, engaging all of the correct muscles, which help us support our alignment. But I do see a lot at dance competitions that we're, you know, seeing dancers that are training so much on their spines and their flexibility that maybe the strength aspect is not being balanced out. Or there's just a lack of balance and there's other technical aspects that are not being really refined as much. And I feel like it's not so much about the depth. I know that my yoga instructor is talking about that a lot. It's not about how it looks. It's about its form over depth. You don't want to be going into things in dance, in life, in any aspect just for the appearance of it. You want to practice doing things correctly rather than just going for the depth or the appearance of how it looks. And sometimes people can get themselves in situations or, you know, start moving in such a way where it might be a little bit too much for their body physically and mentally. And that pressure becomes too much to deal with in such a way where it can cause injury. And also dancers can compare themselves to one another and say, oh, well, this person is doing this and I should be doing that too. And maybe that's why they're getting a higher score and all these other things with um, competition and stuff. But in regards to growing up in front of the mirror, like how did you feel this shaped your perception of yourself and working with some of the dancers and some of the young students that you've worked with? I know that this is a growing issue and it's been a constant issue within the dance industries body image and you know when we're in front of the mirror for a long period of time it can kind of affect our consciousness of our body and especially during those years when we're growing how did you feel like that shaped your perception of yourself and what advice do you have for dancers that are spending time in front of the mirror in regards to using that time to develop a healthy relationship with themselves Having a conscious relationship with yourself is always number one. I want to give information regarding the brain and nervous system because this is going to help your audience really understand, which is from age one to seven, our computer, our brain is being built. And the downloading of that software program is through the senses. Anything we see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. When you're three years old and you're in front of the mirror, you are now downloading into your software, what you think you look like. If the teacher says, Gina, that tandu is wrong, now I'm wrong. Because at a young age, we don't understand words. Mm-hmm. We don't really understand perception. We're, we're being built. Yeah. And therefore, when you turn seven, eight, and you've been in the mirror this whole time as a dancer, your computer software is now functioning from that. So our perception at seven or eight is exactly what we dealt with from one to seven. And this is what we're seeing in eight, nine, 10 year olds, 11, 12, 13 year olds, all the way up through 50, 60 year olds. Mm-hmm. How many answers do you know still your age, Victoria, that are still struggling with the way that they look? Quite a few. Having gone through that time period myself in my life, I remember when I was going through my teen years, a lot of the girls on my dance team, when I was going through high school, deal with different eating disorders and a lot of comparison to one another. And I think it's natural. We use one another as context. And if one person is getting attention for their appearance, sometimes we think, oh, well, maybe I should be a little bit more like that or 
you know, it can kind of shape our perception. And I think with the rise in the use of social media and so many teenagers having access to social media, they have more access to what a body can look like and what receives more attention in having a body a certain way or look a certain way. And it really does inform their decision making in regards to how they present themselves in life as well as online. And it's a very subset of their psychology, which is like another part of themselves that can almost be controlled and created to be what they want to. There's a fine line between when it becomes a healthy outlet of self-expression and a destructive platform. That is something I have seen quite a bit of. Yeah. Um, here's what I've discovered along my own experiences and journey in the industry, outside of the industry, in life, is we are whole beings. We're whole people. And when we are not training every part of us, that is when we start to choose something that is destructive to everything that we've ever wanted in life. We actually resist happiness most of the time because we really do have everything we want. We have the body that we want. We have the body that we need, more yes. importantly. Yes. And what I know from coaching many young dancers and adult dancers and professional dancers and dance parents and dance teachers is the daily practice of mind, body, soul, the daily practice of mind, body, soul. Everybody hear that listening? Most dancers are focused on just dance. That's all they're doing is dancing. They're training their physical body every single day, all day long. And they're not only doing that, they're looking at social media at other dancers. They are, all they're thinking about is dance. Their mind is only on one thing. Right. We, we need these young dancers to understand their mind. They, we need them to understand the mental strength that it takes and what is mental strength. How do you build mental strength? Um, we need them to start understanding what brain they're dominant in. How are they using their brain? What is their brain? We need them to understand emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. We need them to connect to source and spirit and start having that connection. So in time of need, they know that they, they are supported and loved. Yeah. We need them to ground sleep, you know, listening to their bodies, honoring their bodies, all those things start to decrease the volume on that compare contrast voice, that voice of fear, that voice of jealousy, that voice of envy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well. Like as we've come into becoming women, just supporting ourselves with other friends and women that are supportive to us. What a wonderful thing it would be if dancers could see competition as really a competition with themselves to push themselves a little bit better than they did the last time and use the corrections that they get from their instructors and the competition judges which they receive 
let that be the competition rather than competing with one another and rather support one another because we all know how difficult competition is and putting ourselves out there and just support each other and doing their best. But then not only doing that just in the dance realm of things, but doing that in life as well. You know, there's so many things that we go through on an individual basis and sometimes very privately that can be very difficult. And sometimes we don't really feel the need to share that with everybody or it's just not something that we're comfortable sharing. But what a gift it is to have women in our lives which are supportive to us like sisters that hold our goals and our dreams as valuable and wish for us to achieve those as well. We are entrained. I'm using the word entrained because it's a brain terminology to compete at a young age as a dancer. Yes. We are entrained to judge ourselves and the person next to us. We are entrained to be competitive, which leads to judgment, which leads to control. And the biggest competitor we all have is our mind. Absolutely. We are not taught that at a young age in dance class. Due to using a mirror, we see everything around us. So we're judging ourselves because we're learning. Mm -hmm. We're just opening up our senses. So when we have a mirror in front of us and there's 10 other girls, we're like, oh my goodness, we're learning. Oh, wow. Like, we're starting to take a look around. In schools, there's no mirrors. Mm -hmm. So you're in a desk and you're focused on yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you grow up in the competitive field of dance, you are trained to judge yourself and others. You're trained to compare. You are trained to look at a photo and try and copy that, the look of that photo. Mm -hmm. And until we start to evolve our training in our young generation of children dancing, it is going to take a lot of self-work on these young dancers to train their mind and their brain and their nervous system to be 100% conscious. That is the work. So when a student comes to you, Victoria, and they are struggling or they are saying that they are in fear of gaining weight, or they feel like they're not good enough. In that moment, that opportunity for you to share with them, you know what? Let's start training your mind. Mm -hmm. Because I can't take away that feeling that they don't feel good enough, but I can help them train their mind and train their body and train their spirit because that's what I do with my clients. And speaking of the mind and the nervous system and the body, you dealt with a pretty serious brain injury in your younger years. Would you share with us that story? Yes. I was a Rocket 2009, knocked out backstage, undercut, you know, underneath the chin, complete knockout, unconscious concussion, uh, brain injury to the frontal lobe, and injury to my C1, C2. This was my awakening. This was my awakening to consciousness because I was unconscious as a rocket. Mm. I was living a life unconscious. I was living a life being externally gratified. I was living a life with my value 
based upon what other people thought of me, the audience, the lipstick, the lashes, the money, the fame, the costumes. Um, I was living unconscious and my knockout, God knocked me out was my way of starting to understand how to be aware of who Gina is and me Mm -hmm. and be aware of what I even want and need in my life. And this injury led me to understand how we function from the inside out, Mm -hmm. why I can see you right now. Why does my nervous system fire? What part of the brain does what for us as human beings? Where's the fight and flight mode? And it led me to really understand the nervous system, Mm -hmm. why we get nervous, um, where we hold our words. Why do we hold our words? Where is there tension in the body? I, I'm super grateful because now all of these things that we're talking about, body image, communication barriers, self-doubt, compare and contrasting, well, I get it. I get it because I experienced it all. But I now understand how to train myself from the inside out to live a healthy, abundant life where I can look at you, Victoria, and love you for who you are and accept you for who you are and admire you for your talents and your gifts and your beauty without judgment. And I can do the same thing for myself. But the daily work, it doesn't mean I wake up and I'm on autopilot, like no judgment today. It's the daily practice I must do in order to walk without judgment or expectations or putting value because in myself, because I get an applause, right? That's not self-love. Yeah. I have to say like one of the things that I've really taken a effort to include in my life is, you know, cause both of us probably grew up training over 20 hours. I would say like around that range, like a week, you know, it's spending a lot of time in front of the mirror. Cause that's pretty much what's required of you as a competitive dancer. But when you spend that much time in front of the mirror, I think there's there's ways in which we get lost in it. And I feel like for me, going out into nature and hiking or spending time at the beach, I'm so grateful to live in Southern California where there's a lot of beautiful nature around and just seeing that there are imperfections in things or they are perfect as they are. You know, looking at a tree and seeing that it might not be perfectly symmetrical and accepting that that's beautiful too. And looking at, you know, the different birds and the the flora and the fauna that's around and seeing all that as beautiful as it is, I think appreciating mother nature, appreciating the food that I have in its raw natural state as well has been something that has just been a practice of self-love in regards to seeing the external world as a reflection of the internal space, which I have and that being at a balance, that being at a balance where I see that the beauty that exists in nature also exists within me. Instead of seeing this very hyper-idealized image of what, you know, maybe Balanchine beauty is, you know what I mean? That is one man's perception of what a ballerina should look like that influenced quite a lot of dancers in this industry to be so so thin and almost prepubescent and um you know not really even look like women that's one person's idea of what beauty is there's a lot of different ideas of beauty and even when we look at different cultural dance styles that beauty is represented in so many different ways 
I, I really applaud all the work that you've done to heal from your brain injury. And I'm so grateful that it has helped you get to a place where you have such a greater understanding and you've used it to your advantage mm. to educate yourself and grow from it rather than be, okay, I have this brain injury and woe is me. You know, I, I'm so proud of you to have not victimized yourself in that situation at all. So, because I think it can be easy when we go through things in life to to end up in that space. So that's awesome. There's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I received that. Thank you uh, very much. And I want to I, I want to name two things. One, as dancers, we are trained to look in a mirror and judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are not trained to look in the mirror and name exactly what we see. That is a root cause of what dancers experience later in life in judgment, compare and contrast, making our bodies do things the body doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. We will make it. You know that. Yep. We, we've done that, you and I. Yep. Like forced ourselves into positions that the body said no, but in the mirror, we wanted it to do that. Yep. So I really want to be the change in this industry along with you that we can start helping dancers see themselves, not see the judgment, but see that they have two brown eyes and two shoulders and two legs, and maybe the right leg is an inch higher than the left. Okay, fine. Let's keep going. When does your body not feel good? Yeah. And that their capacity to do so much is really infinite. Like it's whatever they set their mind to do. They can do yes. it. But approaching that with responsibility and consciousness, keeping that patience and determination towards those goals very balanced. Yeah. I I do a lot of exercise with clients and and classes on naming what you see Mm -hmm. and how to see yourself clearly and in truth. Yeah. And you know, a lot of my friends who are dancers my age, they don't want to look in the mirror. It's due to the fact that that mirror represents judgment. Yeah. We're not even looking in the mirror. Because we can't, we, we're trained to look in the mirror and judge. And find all the flaws and, rather and, than and, appreciate and, what is. And then fix whatever we don't like. Yeah. And that, you know, that's something, you know, I'm, I'm destined to, to, to keep sharing. Totally. The second bridge after receiving um, you acknowledging me for my brain injury, the truth is, you know, Victoria, is... I remember these pivotal moments in my life where I was in so much pain that that was no longer an option for me or a choice. I remember the day I was broke money living in New York and I said, I will choose something different from here forth Mm -hmm. because the pain that I'm in right now is no longer an option. So the pain of performing as a rocket. And then going home at night, still not really satisfied or happy. And then coming down from the high of the stage, that doesn't feel very good. It's like a drug. Totally. 100%. I I was destined to make another choice because that feeling was the, I didn't want that feeling anymore. I wanted feelings of joy and ease and grace and gratitude and abundance and positivity and Hanging out with people who are like-minded and hearted like yourself is something I didn't know at a young age. I know now. Mm -hmm. It's like taking that 
experience that you had on the stage, it is a high that we do get as performers having the spotlight on you and, you know, all of the um, attention and the praise and all that type of stuff. It can be a high, but I think through what you do in regards to living full out is like there are ways in which we can take that feeling and bring it to every moment of our life and live in that vibration, not for the attention or the praise, but just to bring our best self like we do on stage to the moment in everything that we do. And I would love to talk with you also. I know that when you are at the Velocity Conventions, you do talk about three, three, um, what is it, the pitfalls or? The three common dangers. Yes. Yes, self-doubt, communication barriers, and body image. And um, these three common dangers in our industry – Self-doubt is a mental dis-ease. Communication barrier has a lot to do with not understanding communication and what communication is and that we may both speak English, but our communication languages are different. Um, I may not be hearing you. That also comes from being unable to be present with someone. And then body image is also a mental dis-ease. We need to get to the root of it. Mm -hmm. So in all three getting to the root of the cause of whatever that is for individuals is really exceptional. I want to share this example of body image um, with a client I just experienced. My One of my clients was experienced what she thought to be anorexia. Mm-hmm. So at age 15, she was doing Nutcracker and she was told everyone needed to be thin. Mm-hmm. Well, she took that direction and decided I'm going to be thin. 19 years old today. And I said to her, do you like your body? She says, I do like my body. Mm -hmm. I said, well, then you're not anorexic. Mm -hmm. I was told I was anorexic. I said, but you're not anorexic because you don't, you like your body. Right. I said, let's go back to when you were 15 Mm -hmm. and really understand what happened. Mm -hmm. My client is a people pleaser. Yep. As many she performers would, are. Yeah. She would have done anything you told her to do. Mm-hmm. So when she took the direction of be thin, mm-hmm. she started to be thin because she was following direction. She has a weight lifted off of her shoulders today at 19 years old. She now knows that, oh, when someone tells me to do something, I have a choice now. I don't, I no longer need to say yes to everything or no to everything. And I am no longer going to label myself as anorexic, Mm -hmm. completely freed her. So for all of your students or listeners, if there's self doubt, we have to really start to understand that self doubt inside that person because everybody's is different. Mm -hmm. Same thing with communication, same thing with body image. These labels are also deteriorating our industry. Anorexic, bulimic, you have a body disorder, you're skinny, you're fat, you're a rockette. These labels really restrict us from the freedom of being who we are. We're human. My name is Gina. Your name is Victoria. Mm -hmm. This is the truth. And I do. I teach parent seminars through the Velocity Dance Convention as well as group classes and one-on-one coaching. That's, you know, I have my own business. 
And, you know, I will continue to share this knowledge and wisdom and experience because that young 15 year old who was told she was anorexic was not anorexic. Right. And for five years, almost, Mm -hmm. she had been living with that label. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. A lot of the students coming to you, telling you they have a body image. It's not true. We want to get to the root of it to help them really see themselves and hear themselves. Yeah. One of the things that I do for my students is I give them a list of 108 affirmations and they go mm-hmm. through a bunch of different categories because when we're at that young age, sometimes our family doesn't give us the affirmation we need. Sometimes we don't get that love or that you know, gratification that we really want to feel. And it really does, at the end of the day, have to start with ourselves because no one's going to do it for you. You know what I mean? If And even if people are giving you all this praise and attention, if you don't believe it, you're not able to fully receive it. So I think it was an important shift for me to make where I was able to contribute that to their life and be like, look, this piece of paper, you have this with you anytime you need it. And you know, this is something that can be helpful to you and practice them in front of the mirror. Look into your own eyes and say, I love you. I'm beautiful. Find those areas. If you feel emotions coming up and you see yourself in the mirror and there's things that maybe you are uncomfortable with, the work is to learn how to love those areas of yourself in this life and fully accept them so that you can give your best self and go into your life and on the stage of life or on the actual stage stage (laughs) without that insecurity holding you back so you can live as full out as possible. What is your message with the youth in regards to how they can live their life full out? Mm. Start receiving. When someone tells you they love you, receive it in every cell of your body Say, thank you, I receive that. And look at that person's eyes and take it in. When that teacher tells you, great job, or you were amazing, receive it. Stand in front of them and let every part of your body feel it. When someone holds your hand, receive that touch fully. When you are dancing and there's an applause, Receive that applause fully and let it go in through your body and all the way in every cell to the bottoms of your feet. When you're given a gift, receive it fully. Thank you. Let your whole body feel it and experience it. For this younger generation, that's the action I want to share today for them. And how can they learn to use the tools that they've been given through the technique that they learn in their training, but use it to their advantage in such a way where they create a life that is most authentic to themselves? They need to decide the purpose. When I'm going to ballet class, I'm going for a purpose. That might be, I want to work on my turns. That might be, I want to work symmetrically. That may be I'm training because I have a performance coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. When these kids are going to dance class, they need to know their reason why that day and know that most of them are going to train. They're not going to express or have an outlet 
So they need that outlet in another way unless they have improvisation at their studio where they're able to go into improvisation and just let go, release, find freedom Mm -hmm. or turn the music on in your house and let your body move in whatever way that you need to move. But because they're going to their studio and they're training, that is not their outlet. Mm -hmm. They're showing up to train which means they don't have an outlet, Victoria. They have to understand today's class for me is about expressing myself. Okay. So at the beginning of your classes, you can incorporate. All right, everyone, I want you to choose the reason you are here today. What do you need this class for today? Mm -hmm. Or you might have a competition coming up. So today's class, we are training today for competition this weekend. Mm -hmm. They need to start making that choice. I'll go to yoga and know and and go to today. My yoga is about you know putting all my worries into the mat, and that's it. It's one thing at a time. If I go dance, which I actually just dance in my house now because that is my outlet. Yeah. I'm not training for anything right now. I mean, I'm training my mind and my body, soul every day to live with ease and joy and grace. That's what I'm training right now for myself. That's my training. And and now like you can use dance as an outlet because as we get older and we have more responsibilities and we have to pay insurance and all that type of stuff, we, there's stress that develops. And I have to say, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, like what a gift having that freedom of dance is knowing that we can and have practiced going into that place so many times and using it. I mean, do you feel that it helps you on a day-to-day basis in your life in remaining creative and centered? It's part of what I need, my body needs to live with ease and grace and joy. Every one of us has certain needs And I don't know what those needs are unless I work, you know, work with somebody one-on-one to really find what their body and soul need. Mm -hmm. For me, free dance is my way of connecting, getting grounded, connecting to source, um, allowing my body to feel what it needs to feel. But then I also have a grounding mat that I stand on every day as well. Mm -hmm. And I go to the park and I swing and I have my daily prayer that I do or I I have a trainer three days a week for certain reasons. Every individual has to start to get to know themselves, Mm -hmm. really know themselves inside out and know what they need. But I will share, most of our young dancers are doing what their body doesn't need. They're training too many hours, too many classes, and they're not honoring their bodies. And my goal is to help every young girl know and understand what they need now, not when they're 30, not when they have responsibility. Know it right now. Thank you so much for being here, Gina. If you have been inspired by Gina, I really encourage you to go check out her podcast, The Gina Perro Show, and get in touch with her for coaching If that is something that you think would be beneficial for you, I'm sure that there's so many dancers that you will continue to touch, Gina, and I'm so grateful for you being here today and sharing the space with me. You're welcome. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.